For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's now a 13-point lead for Max Verstappen as we head into a more into the more Red Bull-centric circuits of the season with all to play for heading into the Me- Mexico City Grand Prix. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. Hosting today will be me, Owen Medford, and joining me are sports journalist Louis, Louis Edwards. Hello. Uh, Ray from Everyday, Mo- Everyday Mo- Motorsport, sorry. And, uh, and Tom Horrocks, co-host of the Monkey Seat podcast. <laughs> Today, obviously, we're going to be pre- uh, previewing the Mexico City Grand Prix. Um, but before that, just uh, you're along if you're watching. But um, if you are listening along uh, after the fact, we're now streaming the live show, uh, the show live on YouTube. So be sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Formula One Grid Talk, and uh, and ring the bell icon so that you're notified of future shows. Um, so I think I'll start with you, Louis. Um, it's kind of it was you know going into obviously we've just come off the back of. Uh, of what was looked like it was going to be a fairly dominant, at least on the Friday, it looked like it was going to be a dominant, dominant Mercedes performance, and uh, and Rebel just completely turned it on, and it almost feels like, at least to me, um, that it's kind of you know it's it's theirs to lose now uh, it, when it comes to Red Bull. Um, do you think that's the case? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, kind of swinging to that case, I think not a lot of us expected uh, Red Bull to win in the US. It looked like a place where. Mercedes would appear to be uh, a bit more dominant. And as you said on Friday, it definitely looked that case. But um, yeah, it didn't It didn't turn out. Red Bull um, pulled it out of the bag. Max Verstappen did a great job. Um, and now we've got a 13-point gap in the championship. Going into two races, which you would very much argue are Red Bull favourable, especially this weekend in Mexico. Max Verstappen, I think he's already won this. He has already won this Grand Prix, I think it's twice. Um, so it does look like it is very much, um, you know, advantage Red Bull and yeah, that does that mean he has one hand maybe already on the, on the championship? It, it could possibly mean um, that he does, um, because it's going to take a lot for Mercedes to claw that advantage back. But with the way that the season's gone, it's, it's, it's up in the open, you know, anything can happen. We've still got grid penalties. We're talking about potential, you know, engine changes that could be crashes. It could be anything that could happen to completely turn this championship on its head once again. So while it may seem on paper like Red Bull have got this, in reality, it's still very much wide open. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, the, the crashes are, you know, there could be crashes of reliability, and we're, we're really heading coming to a head on that. Um, where the teams are just pushing everything as as, hard, uh, as close as they can. Um, if we move on to you, right, for sort of looking at Mercedes sort of thing, um, when, when it comes to Hamilton, he's sort of shown, I think it's almost, he's, you know, he's in the class of, of two uh, with Verstappen um, because they, you know, as we saw in the USA, they just, they just drove away from everyone, even, even, uh, Perez in a, in a competitive Red Bull couldn't, couldn't stay with them whatsoever, which probably interacted their strategy. Um, 
Do you think maybe it's almost a bit of a shock for Mercedes to have to deal with this kind of uh, competition this late in the season? I think, yeah, I think it's Mercedes. To do. I don't think Mercedes actually expected it, you know, for Red Bull to be this strong from the beginning for the 2021 season. They have, I think they really surpassed the expectation. And yeah, I think for this kind of competition to be so intense to two teams, it's quite surprising because for so long, the double hybrid era, it's always been a one-horse race. Mercedes from start to finish, and maybe occasionally we had Ferrari in 2017, 2018. But yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a bit of a shock for Mercedes to actually have competition this strong for the first time in the double hybrid era, especially in the last year of this uh, rule cycle before we go on to a new rule cycle for 2022. Yeah, it almost seems that everyone's caught up just as Mercedes are, uh, are moving on. Um, then, Tom, uh, we'll go with you for Bottas. Uh, it's, it, he's kind of the only person keeping Mercedes uh, ahead in the constructors, really, because obviously Perez is bringing the fight, but um, it's just kind of... You know, the fact that he's uh, he's looked sort of, sort of underwhelming, I'd say, the last few races, but um, he's kind of in third place, keeping the, 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 the sorry, constructors alive and uh, and just genuinely making things difficult for uh, for Red Bull um, in that respect. Uh, would you say he's going to, you know, do you see um, the Mexico race uh, sort of coming to him a bit more? Um, you know, it's kind of a track that's similar to what he likes in, in terms of sort of, you know, those stops, it's kind of a Sochi-esque track in some ways. Um, or do you see it maybe just being, again, a bit more of the Hamilton show? Well, it makes a change for Bottas to be keeping anyone ahead. Uh, normally, he's the one letting them through and just waving them through. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting situation, really, with, with the with this circuit. In that it, it's Obviously, it's known to favour Red Bull. Uh, but I know Red Bull haven't always had a car capable of winning, and yet they have managed to win. They won here in 17 and 18. But Mercedes have still won the other three years here. It's only ever been Mercedes or Red Bull. So, uh, and Lewis Hamilton has won here twice. So it's not like it's not like it's a bogey track for Lewis. And he has even when he hasn't won here, he has won the World Championship here twice as well. So it's it's actually been a very successful circuit for Lewis Hamilton. But back to your question about Valtteri Bottas, uh, it's. I don't think he's he's never really shown that he's had anything in reserve ahead of Hamilton on this track so I don't think he's going to factor so much and I think a lot of a lot of what was what was benefiting him uh on his on his run to form a lot of that was uh was down to grid penalties for others and retirements for others as well uh so I, I don't see that his um sorry th- this cat is just being crazy he, he's heard me talking he's decided now is the time to just go and interrupt I'm say, I've come to you, I've, I've come to you at exactly the wrong time I'm yeah. really sorry I'll, I'll right. let you deal with it's, that there he is there's <laughs> he's on my lap now, so I can I can I, I can keep him under control. Uh, so yes, yeah, so so Valtteri, um, he I think a lot of him keeping Mercedes in the constructors battle is not really down to his form. I think it's down to Perez's lack of form. Bottas has been where he should be for some of the season, whereas Perez has been where he should be for less of the season, and that's the difference. And I think that now that Perez seems to have got to grips with things, he was you know he had he had a good performance despite being a long way off at the last race. He still had a good performance. He seems to be the number two driver currently in form for me. So uh, Bottas needs to be up there with Hamilton. It would be it would be helpful if he could go two races without an engine penalty. To be fair to him, but um, Bottas is not great in traffic. We know that. So if he can qualify well in the top four 
and stay there, then he'll be in the conversation and will be in the within the tactics for Mercedes to try and get something uh, positive out of this race. But it's uh, I I don't think the I don't think the championship's over. I do think Red Bull do have the advantage despite not being ahead in the constructors, but being ahead in the drivers. Um, and I, I think they've got the leverage and they've got the form and they've got the the pace. So it does put them in the advantage. But I do think that Mercedes are still you know they're in that kind of forty five percent chance, whereas Red Bull are in the fifty five percent chance so there's there's not a lot in it at all but uh yeah Bottas needs needs to needs to perform to stay up there to give Mercedes those strategy options yeah it's an important point you don't make there that uh obviously having the second driver when you've got someone like you know Verstappen or Hamilton in the car is uh is mighty important um that, that seems something that uh Red Bull just couldn't uh sort of act on uh really uh just because Honestly, because Perez wasn't fast enough, um, Louis, uh, in uh, in the USA. Uh, do you think sort of maybe a home advantage and uh, you know being a bit more buoyed up? You know, he's got he's got a podium. You know, he's getting cl- he's getting closer and closer to. A pro- I, I see an eventual race win. Do you think he can maybe pull that out of the bag uh, this weekend? I think a race win may be a little too far. Um, you know, we've talked about how good both Lewis and Max are around this track. I think it's going to be a bit of a push for Perez to maybe conquer all in his um in his home Grand Prix. And even if he is maybe ahead of Max in like say a one-two, realistically, Rebel are gonna favor Max in terms of the um drivers' championship, get as many points over Lewis as possible. Um, which will of course be a shame for Checo in his home race, but we're talking about sort of if buts maybes, and I think the the realism and sort of the realistic approach to this is that Perez probably won't be winning this race. Um, but the thing that he needs to be is is a wingman at this point in in the season. He does need to be Max's wingman. He needs to be needs to be up there, you know, every single race, like you kind of was in the US, getting that you know other place on the podium. And you know where else? Better to do it than your home Grand Prix. Really, you know, show Red Bull, you know, why why he's there, why he's in that seat. Um, because Red Bull need it. They're behind in the constructors championship. They're going to need to close that gap to Mercedes um, before the end of the season. And you know, a good result at his home race could do a huge amount of uh, to Checo's confidence as the season um, comes to a close. It'll be interesting to see how he does, but the most important thing is he needs to be up there qualifying first or second row because it's such a long straight down into turn one, such a long run. He needs to be make sure he's in that battle and he's there to to pick up pieces and take places off the Mercedes drivers. Yeah, I think that's an important point you make that he needs to be there to uh, to take points off Mercedes. I think that's almost half his role. Um, next, we're going to move on to Lando Norris. Um, it's been a sort of, it's you know, he didn't have such a good performance in uh, in the USA. And um, do you, like, uh, we'll move to you, Ray. Do you think that's uh, going to be replicated in Mexico? Obviously, the uh, the Mercedes engine doesn't deal with uh, the high altitude so well as the uh, Red Bull engine. Um, but bearing in mind they're fighting with Ferrari, do you reckon that's going to be a benefit to them, or or or? You know, do you think they're going to maybe struggle um, to get past the Ferraris as they did in uh, in the USA? I'm thinking that you know Ferrari might have the advantage because I think if you think about it, Mercedes have trouble in Mexico. It's, it's a history; they have a history of this, you know, being not doing so well in Mexico. 
And I think Ferrari's new power unit upgrade has really done a lot to put Ferrari ahead. I know if for one in Kota, you know, they was they are believed to have run lower wing angles to help them on the straights based on the data we can see. But I think with all the up, I think the upgrades should be enough to help Ferrari, you know, beat McLaren. And unfortunately, you know, Lando's race last time out wasn't that good in the US. But I think he can bounce back. It's probably just one of these, you know, blips, you know, where he doesn't perform so well compared to Daniel Ricardo. I think Ricardo has done fantastic so far, you know, considering how how you know he wasn't doing so well at, at the start of the season. It's a brilliant recovery. And I think in both, I think it could be very exciting in the battle for third. But I'm putting my money in Ferrari, you know, just being faster than, than McLaren here in Mexico. I can find the unmute, unmute button there. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so I, I, to be honest, I, I think you know, there's um, there's weight to what you say there because um, you know the Charles Leclerc is is not far behind. Well, he's you know fairly far behind him in the points, but that could obviously change with the higher altitudes. Um, and that uh, the only reason I say that is I think is um, that obviously for the Ferrari is designed. You know, it's still. Um, sort of working around the restraint uh, constraints of the uh the initial sort of draggy design that when they designed it around the uh the, the more powerful power unit um that they had uh do you think maybe sort of that will help ferrari uh almost being in a in a you know obviously they're, they're going to be very very high up uh you know that's something that we talk about with these the, in the upcoming two latin american races um tom uh do you reckon that sort of will favor them almost uh and and really sort of close up the gap or uh, is it going to be sort of go almost the other way in some ways? Well, I think that's. Uh, I think with the characteristics of the uh, Hermanos Rodriguez circuit, we'll see that the. Uh, it, I think it will probably suit McLaren slightly more than Ferrari, in my opinion, because the the changes to the Ferrari PU have not necessarily been part of the you know the overall power. It's it's all to do with other elements of the power unit to do with deployment and and drivability of the car. So uh, it's it's a big upgrade for Ferrari, but it's not put them on a par engine wise. And what we've seen generally is the high speed circuits McLaren have looked strong you've got the long straights at Russia and you've got Monza you've got other races earlier in the season where Norris was was performing very well so uh, I mean I, I, I'd like to think that uh, that McLaren will, will be slightly in the ascendancy in this race but uh, I mean you, you just can't tell because over the season we've seen so many swings and we, we've seen teams perform at tracks where they just doesn't look like they should have performed and teams and times when you thought they're uh, they're, they're nailed on for good performances and they haven't so it, it's hard to say but um part of me thinks that this this race it's it's going to be it's it's going to be tight between the ferrari and the mclarens i think that they'll be quite evenly matched but if for this race but I think the Ferrari generally has the better package now. So moving forwards for the rest of the the season, it's going to be tough for McLaren to overcome uh, to overcome Ferrari. There's not that much between them. Um, Lando will, will be looking to try and hold on to that uh, that fifth place in the championship from Leclerc. And you know, everyone's saying earlier in the season he could finish third, and now you know it looks like he might end up finishing sixth, uh, which is uh, or even you know potentially he could even finish behind Carlos Sainz, who's not that far back. So this uh, just depends how strong this Ferrari uh, power unit turns out to be in the in the closing stages of the season. We know they they tend to go well at Abu Dhabi as well, so 
uh, and we, well, there's just too many unknowns as well with the with the upcoming races in in Saudi Arabia and Qatar. We just don't know, uh, which is what's making the the finale of this season just absolutely fantastic. And I, I cannot wait to see what happens. It's uh, two two supposedly Red Bull tracks, a track that supposedly Mercedes yet Red Bull won there last year, and then two tracks we just don't know. So it's it's going to be fabulous, and I, uh, I I can't wait to see what happens there. But uh, uh, for me, I think it's 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 slightly on on McLaren's side right now over over. Ferrari for for this weekend but uh, if you ask me now I would say Ferrari the advantage towards the end of the season yeah, 100%. It's almost it's going down as one for the ages, not just up front, but, uh, you know, down the entire grid. I've just looked and uh, and it's, you know, three and a half, four points between between Ferrari and McLaren um, in the constructors. And that's honestly going to bring, I think, the the next two drivers uh, into play, uh, you know, sort of beautifully. Um, obviously, you know, Carlos Sainz isn't that far behind and some solid points fin- finishes could come his way, uh, Louis. Um so you know he, he could find himself climbing up the uh, the championship order and and really putting McLaren in a tough spot. Yeah, I think Carlos Sainz has been weirdly underrated this season. He's he's really putting some great uh, drives for Ferrari, and as this Ferrari has has been getting better over the course of the season, so has Carlos Sainz. He's really you know shown what he's just how good of a driver he is, and as you say, he is going to play a crucial part. Him and Leclerc are such a deadly duo. They're both getting the most out of our Ferrari. They're both doing really well. And the same can't be said for McLaren at the moment. We've had Daniel Ricciardo just not quite on it and then have these sort of races like we saw in the US where Lando wasn't just, it just wasn't the sort of the same Lando we're, we're used to seeing. So when you've got, you know, two drivers doing so well and two, you know, drivers on another team who are very up and down in their, in their form, you can see how this, you know, season could favour Ferrari as, the, as it comes to a close. But uh, for Carlos Sainz, I'm, I'm, you know, more than hopeful for, to see what he can do. I think he will do a good job, and I think he's going to continue to show the good performances that we've seen from him. And honestly, him and Leclerc at the moment are doing such a good job um, that I would find it hard to argue against um, Ferrari. Maybe overcoming McLaren this weekend despite maybe not having quite you know that edge that they they need to beat them on sort of outright pace yeah it's kind of a sort of some of uh some of it is great yeah greater than the sum of its parts sorry um sort of story uh with Ferrari at times I feel like um we've then got uh you know the we've then got uh the second McLaren driver uh Ricardo and he's in a similar position to Sainz uh who's just ahead of him Obviously, quite you know, fifteen, well, seventeen and a half points ahead of him in the uh, in the championship. Um, it seemed almost as though he's uh, he's he's kind of flitted between being you know really great, really attuned with the car, you know, halfway through the season, and then sort of a new hurdle will pop up where uh, it's in a scenario that he doesn't doesn't seem to be able to sort of get his head around. But um, he, he got a fifth place in in the USA. Uh, do you reckon he can carry on that uh, strong momentum into uh, Mexico, uh, Ray? I'm thinking, yeah, he could, he should. In fact, I actually hope he carries that momentum forward because it was a very slow start of the season for him. And he is, I think he's, I think since Monza, or rather, actually, even I think since the, the lowest low point in Monaco, he has improved significantly. And for McLaren, I think it's vital that, you know, he, he continues at this form. And because, because I think, like we said earlier, McLaren haven't exactly been the most consistent team. And 
it's really beneficial for them in the constructors because that's I think it's fair to say that McLaren did extend the development development time for the 2021 car all the way to I think June. I think it was June, I think it was June or August. Unlike Ferrari, who stopped around two months earlier than them. So they are somewhat sacrificing 2022 for 2021 here. So if if McLaren can't have get can get both drivers to be driving at their very best, it's gonna cause them a lot, not, not just in the short term, but also in the long term. So yeah, I really hope that McLaren, you know, both drivers get their act together and actually drive well because they need I think the team needs it. Yeah, 100%. It seems like it's going to come down to drivers rather than the car um, at the end of this season. Uh, next, we have, we move on to uh, someone who was out, <laughs> just put, completely put out of the uh, um, uh, the United States Grand Prix uh, with a non-classification. Uh, Pierre Gasly, he's in, he's down in ninth uh, in the championship, uh, Tom. Um, you know, obviously, he's going to want to bounce back from that. Uh, you, you, do you see it as almost a, an Alpha, uh, yeah, an Alpha Tori sort of race to to kind of make a snipe you know get some get some points off maybe people that they're not intended to be fighting with who would who should be further up the grid but are maybe disadvantaged yeah i, I think we've uh, we've seen a bit of a turnaround uh with with avatory and uh, not so much gazzy this weekend but uh i i think l- last week i was i think i think was it this podcast i might i can't remember now but i was on a podcast talking about how Alpine looked like they they've now taken uh, taken the ascendancy in this in this fight uh, in the constructors championship between themselves and AlphaTauri for uh, 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 for fifth place. But after one week, just two points from Yuki Tsunoda, and they seem to be back in the fight now. And Alpine seem to be flailing. So um, Gasly, where he is in the, in the driver standings, there he's not going to go anywhere. He's kind of nailed on ninth place. He needs to find the motivation to to push on. He's very unlikely to catch Daniel Ricciardo in eighth um, and. Fernando Alonso is not likely to catch him in tenth, so it's just finding that motivation to pick up as many points as possible for the team because that they've he's got the fifth for quickest car, and that car should be finishing fifth in the constructors championship without a shadow of a doubt. So ninth place for him is exactly where he should be. Uh, it's his teammate that's been the issue, but hopefully he's he's turned the corner now and uh, fifty four points behind his teammate. He's he's never going to catch him, but um, hopefully he can turn in some good performances for Alfatori and, and and push forwards. But Gasly, yeah, it's it's such a difficult job for Gasly between now and the end of the season because he's he's kind of in that in that mid ground. He's got nothing really to fight for. Um, he's comprehensively beaten his teammate. He knows he's not going to be in a, in a better car next year. He's He's got a new deal. He's got literally nothing to fight for. So it's where he finds that motivation to, to pick up from. Uh, I mean, I suppose, you know, driving a fast car around a race circuit and being paid millions should be motivation enough. So uh, hopefully he can find the motivation from that way. But you just don't know where, where that edge comes from, that, that last nth of a percent uh, to, to push and get that second place out of nowhere or or something like that. I mean, he got second here last time. Uh, sorry, that was Brazil, wasn't it? Uh, he got second in Brazil last year when there was up to five four. So he's, uh, he's definitely got... Um, he should he should be pushing forwards and, and trying to get the result for the team here. But uh, yeah, it's it's a very difficult position for him. So uh, so uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what he comes up with. Um, yeah, it's that's it really for for Pierre. It's difficult to talk about him really. Yeah, it's quite nice when you've got you know when you've uh, when you can just sort of relax and you know you've beaten everyone that you actually need to, and it's just kind of. Uh, 
you know, just a, a nice run into the end of the season must be quite nice. <laughs> I don't imagine a lot of drivers have that. Um, after that, we've got Fernando Alonso, who can apparently just overtake off the track uh, if, if you know, if uh, if he's allowed to, or if uh, the sporting director at uh, Alpine is uh, anyone to go by. Uh, they are ten points ahead of Alfatori. Um, you know, it 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 sort of. You know, it, I, I can't remember Alonso. Alonso would have raced at the Autodromo that, that, at Mexico, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, I don't like. I don't really know what to say about him, but I think he needs to go forward, doesn't he? <laughs> he needs to. He needs to really take the fight because honestly, ten points is is something that could be, you know, flipped in a heartbeat. And if Alvatore starts scoring, um, you know, they they really need the position in the constructors' championship. Yeah. The- it, I think it's something that really needs to be nailed into both the Alpine drivers. If anything, you know, they really need to start being more consistent, being better, you know, just getting points. You know, we've seen it um, just Alpine, just they have their moments that Alpine have been largely disappointing from what we really expected from them this season. And then they have these breakout moments. Fernando Alonso has a moment of brilliance. Ofcon has his moments of brilliance. And we're all praising Alpine going, you know what, maybe now they've got it right. Maybe they've now, you know, unlocked something with their car to push forward. But then they kind of regress and now they've allowed, you know, AlphaTauri to, you know, to come back and um, be a threat once again. You know, for, for Alpine, AlphaTauri should not be considered a threat. You know, they're a manufactured team. They should be you know, they should be up there, but it just it just hasn't worked. And for Fernando Alonso, you know, he's he's a veteran and he's you know he's doing the best I think that he you know he can, but age, you know, is possibly you know holding him him back somewhat in allowing um Alf, Alpine um to go forward. So I think for Fernando, he's got to he's got to push forward. Uh, I think that's obvious. Um, I think Alpine as a team, and I think Espanol and all they all need to start really knuckling down because, as you said, ten points is not a lot, and it can swing. And we've still got plenty of races left for Alfatori to to take those points and to close that gap. But all it really takes is one really good sort of haul of points from Alpine, and it could potentially take it out of reach. Uh, for Alpha uh, Tori, so it's still plenty to fight for, but both both drivers really need to be on their A game. Yeah, they do need to be on their A game. Obviously, uh, you know, double retirement last weekend, which is honestly the worst thing you can have, and it's probably what's brought uh, Alpha uh, Tori back into the fight. Um, you know. Uh, where they might not have been. Um, so it, it's it's not all bleak, but uh, Ocon obviously, you know, Ocon needs to be on it, doesn't he, Ray? Agreed. I mean, if, if you look at the points-wise, he's actually behind Fernando, and Fernando is actually, you know, he hasn't raced in Formula 1 for two years. And yes, I know Ocon is back in F1 last year after a one-year hiatus with uh, Mercedes. But he should be performing better, and if you think about it, the gap between Alonso and Ocon will actually be a lot bigger if, if Ocon hadn't secured that critical win in Hungary. Because as it stands now, the points gap between them is, I think, 12 points. But then, the gap, but then you know, first place gives you 25 points, and if I'm not wrong, second place gives you 18 points. So if he didn't win, that gap is going to be a lot bigger. And he really shouldn't be losing to Alonso, especially you know, by this kind of points margin at all. 
In fact, I'll argue that with that win, he should be ahead of Alonso. Even if you take into account the fact that you know Alonso isn't exactly you know maybe he maybe Alonso isn't that uh, well familiar with the current breed of cars because it's some time since Alonso just raced a Formula One car which was which was in twenty eighteen. So yeah, he definitely needs to bucket up. I think Ocon a lot if he wants to you know stay at Alpine beyond his current contract because. I think if you think about it, if I were Alpine, I gave Ocon an extended contract, but he's not doing so well compared to my driver that just came. It is supposedly a rookie. You know, is it did I really sign the correct driver? Or, you know, should I have signed someone else from my junior program because we have Oscar Piastri who is currently not having a seat in Formula One? That's what I'll be thinking if I were Alpine. Yeah, we start raising questions at uh at Anstone's head office, you know, do we really want these want these want this guy in if uh, if if maybe there's more promising uh, prospects on the on the horizon? Um, next, we've got Sebastian Vettel in the wars uh, last weekend, I believe, um, but still managed to claw a point out of it. Um, they need to be doing better than that, don't they? Uh, don't they, Tom? Yeah, I mean, starting at the back didn't help, obviously, with the engine penalties, but uh, but his drive wasn't exactly spectacular he had a couple of cars crashing out in front of him uh he had three retirements and then in the end he only really passed the the williams the alphas and the hasses so uh it and then it took Kimi raikkonen um just basically trying to screw me over my bold position of Kimi getting points to uh to uh for him to actually finish in the points himself so um i still haven't forgiven Kimi for that but yeah, he's uh, he's he's he goes well at Mexico. So hopefully he will he will come back. He he probably should have won here um, a couple of years back. He has won here before, and he's had a couple of. Uh, no, sorry, he hasn't won here. He's had a couple of seconds and a fourth and a fifth, I think. And then once once he retired, I think he got took out. So, um, but he should have won here at least once. Um, but uh, he he does he does go well here. It t- tends to suit him. As hit for his driving style as well, so hopefully he can he can pull forwards. Uh, it's but the Aston Martin just I don't know what's happened to that. Well, I mean the car's not been good all all year to be fair, but that operation um, in general it's a they they always fight above their weight. They've always they they've always made good use of, of a car, but ever since um, ever since the Bond villain has come in and and he's he's tried to kind of put a different way of thinking on there. Apparently, it's not a nice place to work anymore, and there's been a revolving door of team members leave coming and leaving. He puts out all this positive spin, saying all these top people want to join us, but you know, uh, yes, they have increased their headcount massively, but uh, a lot of the key personnel who have been there for since the beginning have gone. So it's it's not about you know taking a taking a, a good midfield team and making them better he's kind of creating a whole new team and and that is going to have inherent problems and the the design concept of just copying the mercedes and yeah great for one season but look now you've got to design your own car and you've thrown out your era philosophy so you've got to start again it's not going to happen overnight he's expecting to win races and win championships in the next few years i i would be surprised if they're if they're when when the new rule set comes in, I'll be surprised if they're going to be competitive. I think they're probably going to be that kind of fourth, fifth place for a couple of years, and uh, and and have to build up slowly. And I'm sure they'll get there in the end because you throw enough money at something and the right people. And he's obviously a very successful businessman who's driven. He'll get the right people in, and they will improve. But I, I can't see it happening in the next few years, and and I can't see it happening whilst. Vettel is there. I, I can't see Vettel sticking around Formula One for like three or four more years and and continuing to do what he's doing. And I, I just think he'll he'll just get bored and and just say, 
Asta and go and and that's it um so but with regards to this weekend he's got again similar situation he's not got a lot to fight for he can he can potentially pass Esteban Ocon if he has a if he has a good points haul uh, he needs to beat his teammate um he needs to beat Stroll I mean being thrown out of second place um in one race hasn't helped as well but uh, he needs to comprehensively beat Lance Stroll or you know his credibility as a full-time world champion is well and truly well and truly gone no offense to Lance Stroll who's you know he's proven now he's a decent driver with enough practice um but uh yeah it, it, Someone who has got the reputation of Sebastian Vettel needs to be putting Lance Stroll away comfortably over the course of a season, which he hasn't realistically done this year. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he needs to he needs a big result, and I think you know Mexico is as good a place as any, as he has shown a lot of promise here in the past. But uh, he needs that good result between now and the end of the season. But I just I just can't see it coming the way that Aston Martin's performing. Yeah, it definitely seems that uh, you know the ship is definitely still turning. Um, you know that's that's what last that's very what uh, I, I can't remember his name now. I can't remember what Stroll the Elder is called. Lawrence. Lawrence, that's what it is. I honestly, I, I was drawing a blank. I was just, I had no idea. Just call him yeah. Blofeld. Yeah. <laughs> God, <laughs> I've got all kinds of uh, comments that I can't say running through my head now. <laughs> We've got. <laughs> We've got uh, we've got Stroll the younger up next. Uh, I don't really know what to say about him, uh, really. Um, you know, you know, he's he's clearly gone into a solid F one driver, but um, you know, as uh, as Tom said, he 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 shouldn't be as close as he is. So I guess that's actually kind of a good thing, almost, uh, Louis. Yeah, it is a good thing. I mean, it, it is. You know, as, as Tom mentioned, you know, Stroll has now developed into a good driver. You know. I think Racing Point could have done with this Lance Stroll maybe a couple of years ago. Um, it might have given them a better fighting chance, um, especially in the Constructors' Championship. But, um, yeah, it's, I think he's he's just working with the equipment that he's got, and it's quite obvious that the equipment isn't particularly good. It hasn't been good since the start of the season. Um they were all complaining, you know, <laughs> that the rules um, affected them the most. And all we heard from Lawrence and Otmar Safna was just, oh, the, these rules are made to, you know, do this to us and do that to us and, like, put us on the back foot. It's like, well, if you don't design your own car, you're not, you're not going to know what to do with it when the rules change. So I think it just comes back to sort of bite them. I, th- I think for, for Stroll, he's just got to weigh out you know the rest of the season if he can beat Vettel I think that'll be a big you know achievement for him a big bit of confidence going you know into future years um but he just needs to just needs to beat Vettel I think that's you know score points beat Vettel you know from now until the end of the season and it could you know spark something new if Aston Martin by some miracle have a competitive card next year yeah, it's a good point you make that they uh, apparently uh, Aston Martin's Q department can't manage to uh, can't manage to get things to the front of the grid and are still complaining about uh, about rule changes affecting their car when Mercedes have gone and done uh, gone and done something with uh, something something incredible by comparison. Yeah, if the uh, if the difference in performances is to be believed. Um, we've then got Yuki Tsunoda down in 14th place. It's almost, you know, he's had, he's had a, rough, a, a rough season. It's been a, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for Yuki, and, it, and it's been a bit of a trial by fire, Ray. Um, 
but you know, bearing in mind he's had actually some, apparently some coaching, I believe, off Alex Albon, um, of all people, who's doing, I think, who's doing quite well in the uh, DTM. I seem to remember. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know, it's a, it's a it's where he is sort of belies uh, how he's been doing, um, and he seems to almost be on the ascendancy. I think. Um, do you sort of agree with that, or? Yeah, Owen, I think, you know, Sonoda has done a fantastic job, though. I think when you had, when he came, first came into Formula 1, I think we weren't really realistic with his expectations because he did a single year of uh, Formula 2, and before that, he just did one year of F3. Before that, and before that, a year of F3, he was just racing in Japan. So he doesn't really have the kind of experience for the European-style tracks that other drivers have because most other drivers on the grid all start from, well, Formula, 3, Formula 4, in Europe, he didn't. So there's always that learning curve, and it and it was, it was did, and apart from Bahrain, Bahrain aside, no, it was really a baptism of fire for him. He was crashing on multiple occasions, and yeah, of course, you know there was also his radio. But then he's, I think he's done pretty well to turn things around, and I think he could, yeah, he definitely could, you know, be improving across the season and. Hopefully he'll be able to carry this form across because I think Red Bull are not going to allow him to, you know, carry on for a third year if he's going to produce his car results for the second year. So yeah, I think it, the, I think it's going to be it's kind of like Alex Albert situation again where you know he Red Bull will give him some time, but it's not going to be a lot of time. So he has to you know start to turn the ship around and to his credit he has started to do that, but he needs to ensure that it's a consistent turnaround and not a yo-yo form where one which is good and one which is bad, which is kind of what he had earlier in the season, if you think about it. Yeah, he definitely needs to uh, find some form and stick with it and uh, and hope it continues or at least be solid so he can uh, be getting good points finishes because as we mentioned before, you know, that, the fight with Alpine is still on and, uh, and it's got an awful lot closer. Uh, we're moving down to, the, unfortunately, the sort of the bad bit of the grid that we don't really like talking about. Uh, and uh, and underneath we've got, uh, sorry, down below in the 15th, we've got George Russell. Um, I don't, it, George, it's George Russell. I feel like it's not a stretch to say that he's going to give it his all and, and give us an absolutely brilliant performance, Tom. Well, yeah, he'll he'll absolutely um, outperform the car uh, if you know if that's at all possible. It's actually not possible, but uh, he'll perform he'll perform with the car to the maximum level of its ability, and the Tifu will get somewhere near that. Um, yeah, he's uh, I can't see him progressing and getting points now. I think Williams have well and truly checked out for the season now. They've got their they've got eighth place basically in the bag. He's sitting now on 16 points, four behind Sonoda. It's unlikely he's going to get four more points between now and the end of the season. And Sonoda appears to be now on that uh, on that positive trajectory. So uh, I, can, I can't see him moving any higher. 15th, though, given the car that he's got, is a massive achievement for the season to be uh, to be ahead of uh, both Alfa Romeos, uh, all three Alfa Romeos, actually, technically, and uh, and the two Haas cars. So that's uh, that, that's an impressive haul for the season, given the car that they've got. So, um, yeah, it's again, it's a similar situation to what I was saying before, where there's, there's no real motivation to push forward now. He's got the drive. He's got nothing left to prove. Uh, but he can drive with that freedom that uh, he hasn't had before. So, uh, so, but it's going to take a situation like rain or or uh, or a well-timed safety car for him to 
be in a position to do anything in this race realistically. The Williams now, as I said, they I think they're fully focusing on 22 and that big chance they've got to at least join the midfield as opposed to being off the back of the midfield like they are at the moment. I can't see them being in a situation where they're going to be you know, getting podiums next season, but they can certainly bridge that gap and be in the the, the Alpine, Aston Martin, AlphaTauri fight um, next season, which has got to be their target or why are they here realistically? You know, if they can't take advantage of a big rule set, why are they... Uh, why they even here in the first place? So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's not really got a lot of experience at this track. Obviously, he raced here in Formula Two, uh, raced here in Formula Three as well, and just the one uh, the one race here in uh, in twenty nineteen, which uh, he was a couple of laps down, no doubt. Uh, and we we already know he wouldn't have scored points in that race. So, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a bit of a nothing story for for Williams really this weekend. Uh, just just hope he keeps his nose clean and um, puts in a good performance and you know keeps. Keeps everyone uh, keeps everyone rooting for him because we all love to cheer for George. Yeah, hundred percent. We're uh, there's quite a lot of people in the George George uh, Russell uh, fan club on this uh, on this podcast, um, which means it kind of overshadows the next driver, uh, uh, Latifi, uh, Nicholas Latifi. Sorry, and uh, it's. <laughs> you kind of feel like you know Tom just mentioned it. You know, it's not much in in it for Williams this season. They're, they're seeing out the races. I think you know just fulfilling those contract obligations at this point. Um, you know, there might be the opportunity to steal a point, Louis, or you know, if there's a crazy race, or you know, the fact that there's just a big long straight. Um, do you think? Do you think they can do that? I mean, the, the, well, do you think they can build, beat the Alphas? Because that's the only people they really need to beat. Because the Hasses are given. Ah, uh, the. You know, given Alfa Romeo have their moments, but those are very few and far between. Uh, it's more than possible for for Williams to to beat the Alphas, and you know, I think people are starting to put a bit more respect on Latifi's name. He is he's getting there. He didn't have a great first season. He didn't. He's not particularly like in general terms of following one. He's not had an amazing season this year, but at least there has been sort of steady improvement and. You can't really question his sort of spot at Williams um, too much, um, but what I, I, like what, do you, what what can you really say about what he's going to do for the rest? Of, because let's face it, he's he's probably not going to score any more points. Um, he is going to be lingering around at the back, um, you know, and just. Yeah, beating the horses, yeah, that's that's pretty easy this season. Alpha Romeo's is it's it's a little bit more tricky. But uh I think, you know, as long as they keep doing that, it you know, stops Alpha Romeo scoring any points and threatening whatever threat they could in the um in the constructors championship for Williams. But uh yeah, for, for Latifi, I think. Just keep doing what he's doing, see out the end of the season and see what happens next. Yeah, it's about it, really. Um, someone I think is just is just seeing out the uh, the rest of the season is uh, is Kimi Raikkonen. You know, he had a nice battle on uh, on track with um, Alonso in the last race, Ray. But uh, beyond that, you know, you can you can almost tell that uh, Kimi Raikkonen really doesn't care anymore. Definitely, I mean, Kimi for Kimi, you know, it's retirement after Abu Dhabi, so to him, he's just driving, really driving for fun now, and there isn't really much in it for him because. I mean, if you think about it, Alfa Romeo don't exactly have the best car. And, uh, well, in terms of operations, they haven't exactly done a spectacular job. They've shot themselves in the foot several on several occasions this year. And 
like, yeah, I think he's, he's doing a pretty good job, you know, in the sense that, okay, maybe USA wasn't so good because, you know, I was like, okay, maybe Alfa Romeo is going to score points, but no, he spun. And yeah, it was pretty disappointing. But I think for now, you know, this is probably the best. He's, he's just driving you know, for the fun of it. There's not really much in there for him. He can't really win races. There's podiums that aren't really exactly, you know, coming. And points, like points, neither are points. So I think he's just, you know, it's just going to be, it's just, it'll be a bit sad, you know, to see him end his season, you know, well, just the amount, current amount of points he has, I think he has six, about six points. It's, it's going to be pretty sad, but I think, you know, this is the best we can hope for, you know, considering the package, you know, Alpha Rebel has and, you know, the operations department, it's, it's pretty much the best we can hope. Hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, someone who doesn't have the uh, the luxury of being able to uh, to just drive, you know, just go about and uh, and see it, and you know, just do the last five Formula One races under no pressure, uh, or you know, someone who might have only five Formula One races left is uh, is Giovinazzi. Um, you know, it's it's kind of getting to the point where he needs to start putting in some big performances or just something to show that he's he's still kicking and he's still worthy of having around because I, I don't believe his uh, his seat's been. Uh, confirmed for next year, Tom. No, it hasn't. And uh, the reason it's not been confirmed is because we didn't know what's going on with the Andretti uh, potential takeover and whether that would that could potentially be Colton Herter in that position. Um, but uh, from what I hear, it sounds like that deal is not going to happen now. Uh, I think uh, Alpha Salva didn't have to sell, so they were holding out for more money and uh, Andretti doesn't have enough of it, apparently. So um, I, I think that's which is a bit of a shame. I think that would have been quite nice to see. Uh, it would have been good for the sport to have an American uh, an American team owner and uh, obviously an American driver in there as well. Uh, Colton Hurt is a, um, a, a strong driver and he's a, he's a good prospect. And uh, and uh, just 22 as well, so he's still got time on his side. So uh, it would have been good to see him have a crack at Formula One. He's definitely got the talent, um, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen now. Um, and I've got this horrible feeling that uh, after me actually getting quite excited about Alfa Romeo for once, um, for uh, I, th- I think that it may well end up being uh, Joe Fanazzi, uh is going to get confirmed because it looks like this deal may be off and instead of then it'll either be uh guan yu Zhou or uh nick de vries or giovanazzi i've just got this horrible feeling it's going to be giovanazzi again and uh, italian jesus is going to rise once again uh not even on easter sunday this time so um yeah it's um eh, what to say about his race for this weekend it's yeah he'll he'll be he'll look fast at one point probably in a practice session they'll get all excited about it and then he'll disappear in the race again probably end up um getting finishing a few laps down he'll probably have a fight with fernando at some point and then that'll be that so yeah um nothing nothing's nothing's gonna happen i i can't even try and get excited about it anymore so uh giovanazzi uh one point that's probably what he'll finish the season on uh, and but he'll still finish 18th and probably get a contract for next year as well but uh yeah that that's it really for Giovinazzi, I'm afraid. Yeah, uh, cheeky little sniper has there. I liked it. Um, uh, yeah, I guess the cynics among you may uh, may even think that maybe and- the Andretti deal was uh, was maybe engineered so that so that there wouldn't just there just wouldn't be enough time to sign the contracts before the end of the season. 
It's a good conspiracy theory. I like it. Yeah, like, it starts off with uh, absolutely no truth behind it. It's all good. Um, we now get to move on to um, my favourite of the Haas drivers, um, but the bar is literally on the floor. Uh, it's, uh, it's Mick Schumacher. Uh, do you think it's sort of, you know, this is going to be a... I, I can't remember who... He would have raced here in F2, wouldn't he, Louis? So it's, you know, was it a happy hunting ground then? And, and if it was, do you reckon he can uh, continue that into next season? Um. Tom, you might have to be the one to tell me if he did race here in F2 because he wouldn't have raced here last year because of COVID and I'm not... Yeah, he, he did race here in F2 and he raced here in F3. No, it's European F3 he was in. So no, he raced here in F2 for one, one year, but I I, uh, I don't remember the, his result. I don't think he... He definitely wouldn't have won the feature race because he hadn't won a feature race in F2 until, until his last year, his second year. So... Um, if he did win, it would have only been a sprint race, which I don't really rate the winners of the sprint races anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, at least, okay, so that's, uh, it's, he's got some experience um, of the track, be it two years ago in an F2 car. Um, but, you know, for Mick, I think, I mean, he's he's got it fairly easy, you know, for his first year. He's literally the expectation for him is on the floor. No one expects him to do anything in any race. He's got a teammate, which he could probably beat with his eyes closed. Um, you know, in the last, in the last race in the U S um, Mick was only actually 20 seconds off lapping, um, his teammate come the end of the race. Um, so, it's not really much of a struggle for him. I think for him, you know, for, for Mick, it's just every every race is more learning, it's more data, it's more time in the car, more hours, and that's that's probably the best thing you could ask for. You know, in terms of a season of no expectation, just getting to grips with the car, with the sport, you know, with the way everything works. You know, Mick has never been someone who comes flying out the rafters in his first season. It's always taken him, you know, time. Um, so, you know, coming into next season, he's going to be as prepared as possible, you know, with a year under his belt and just hopefully not um, an angry Russian looking down on him, making, his, <laughs> making him move out the way for his son. Yeah, to be fair, uh, I was going to actually compare the uh, the the Haas to a uh, 2018, uh, sorry, to a 2019 uh, Formula Two car, but then I remembered uh, that that's pretty unfair to the F2 car. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Ray, that you've ended up with uh, with uh, the the uh, the last guy on the grid. Uh, the, the, you know, he should not be named Egghead. We've uh, we've got all the names for him. Uh, do Do you see an amazing performance out of Nikita Mazepin? I don't know. I mean, you think about it. His his race on Sunday, I likened it, you know, to more of you know having a Sunday stroll on Kota because of just how slow he was going. Although, of course, you know, we know he had to go in the. I think he had a pit in the first lap for I think some wing problem. So you know that's probably why he's slow. But you know his pace of this season has been pretty rubbish, if I'll be honest. His retirement rate he has a uh, think four races. And of course, you know, who can forget, you know, his, I think he holds the record for the shortest debut in Formula 1, you know, spinning on lap 1. And giving rise to the name, of course, Mazda Spin. And yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I think for this, for him, it, the same as me, it's just a, a learning season. So I'm not too sure how much he's learned, you know, based off his you know, pace, or should I say, lack thereof it. 
And yeah, there isn't really much to say. I don't think he's going to do anything special. He's, I think he's been comprehensively outqualified. I'm not too sure about that. Can someone confirm that? Has he? God, I, I think he's 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 had technically outqualified Mick because Mick has either retired or not been oh. able to compete in a qualifying session. I see, I see. But that's not a merit, so I guess I'm going to disregard <laughs> it. But yeah, I mean, I really don't see anything special coming out of him, you know, for this year. And I just hope for next year that has, you know, hopefully, you know, if they have a good car, you know, he won't be burdening has by crashing out on the first lap of every race. Yeah, it's uh, I, 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 what what do we even say? Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> like moving swiftly on, we'll uh, we'll do our predictions. Um, I will start with you, Tom. Joy, what what do you want from me? Oh, let's go with a let's go with a cheeky podium. Okay, uh, I think it's going to be. Uh, well, this is more out of hope than hope and expect hope than expectation. To be honest, uh, I think uh, I I'm going to say that the right thing for the championship happens, and we have uh, we have a Hamilton win. Uh, the right thing for the fans happens, and we have a Perez second, uh, and then uh, uh, I think we have a Valtteri Bottas holding off Max Verstappen to complete the podium. Uh, and that's why Perez was is allowed to finish ahead of his teammate. So something happens in there, probably a cheeky safety car at the wrong time, screws Max Verstappen, Hamilton gets a bit of luck, uh, and uh, holds off Perez for the win. Bottas holds off, uh, does the job, and holds off Verstappen for a uh, for a podium. That's nice. That's nice. I like it. Uh, it's good. Okay. Good for the championship. Yeah, good for the championship. Uh, Louis, what's it? What was your podium? Well, I'm not going to go good for the championship, but more for the good for the championship outcome that I want. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Max Verstappen um, who wins. I think, yeah, I think it's pretty easy. I'm going to put Lewis Hamilton second um, with fastest lap to make things a little less uh, one-sided. Um, and then I think Sergio Perez in third. You're testing a friendship there. You're testing a friendship, Louis. <laughs> Uh, and Ray, what do you what, what podium do you predict? I think I'm gonna give I'm gonna say the same answer as Louis because you know I mean you talk about the engine you know Mercedes doesn't exactly have the best time at uh, well Mexico and like yeah we thought Mercedes had the faster car you know at like FP1 in Kota but it turned out to be otherwise and throughout the season I think Red Bull have had the faster car so. I'm just going to say Verstappen P1. Mm, yeah, same, just same as Louis. Maybe, you know, Checo would take the fastest lap, I guess. And I think, you know, since he can't win, because I think Red Bull never allow him to win, even at his home race, I guess, you know, that is kind of the consolation prize in a sense for the Mexican fans. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you. I don't think uh, I don't think Red Bull are going to be the sort of people to throw away a championship if it looks like it, it's going their way in any capacity. They've been waiting long enough for theirs uh, after uh, Seb Battle left. Uh, for me, I'm going to I'm going to go really weird, uh, and I'm going to go with you know I'm going to think a Perez win. I'm going to go for the Perez win, and then uh, and then we're going to have Hamilton and then Verstappen behind that. I uh I think it's going to be like you just a you know you know weird safety car and uh 
I know this is straying into bold, ter- bold prediction territory, but I can see that happening. Um, you know, we'll go with a bold prediction as well. Yours, your, your, your podium prediction was already pretty bold, Tom, but let's uh, let's go with a bold prediction from there. Okay, even bolder then. How about we have Nikita Mazepin moves off 21st in the championship. So there we go. He's going to finish 14th or higher and move ahead of Robert Kubica. So there you go. That's bold. That is bold. It tripped me up actually when I was going down the list. I was just like, "How is he? How is he behind?" Imagine being, yeah, imagine being twenty first in a twenty p in a twenty driver competition. <laughs> I just don't want to. Uh, Louis, what's your bold prediction? Um, I was going to go sort of similar, Nikita Mazepin sort of esque. You know, maybe he you know out qualifies Mick or you know beats him on track but I think that's just this it's going into the absurd so I'll I'm gonna go I'm gonna back my usual a uh, bold prediction of King King Nicholas Latifi for points. Let's go. And you Ray I'm thinking I'm just gonna go with my usual curse prediction of Alfa Romeo will score points. <laughs> well that's fair enough. I was, uh, I, I, you know, I feel bad for Mick. I feel bad for Mick. He's, uh, I think, let's have a look at the standings. I should have paid attention when I first went down. The first time, yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the, you know, apart from Kibitza, who obviously can't score any points, uh, he's the only, uh, he's the only driver that I still like that hasn't scored any. So I'm going to go with Mick Schumacher for for just a point. A point would be lovely. That'd be nice. Um, so now, you, now you've uh, now you've heard the, gone from the sublime to the ridiculous in uh, in those predictions. There, um, you'll know if you're watching live, as I said before. But if you are if you are listening after the fact, we're now streaming the show live on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, yeah, just YouTube. Sorry. Uh, so be sure to like our Facebook page and just subscribe to our YouTube YouTube channel, Formula One Grid Talk. Uh, also, ring the bell icon so that you're notified of future shows. Uh, we're available also on Verbal as well as Amazon Music, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Omni studio and pocket cast just search f1 grid talk uh we have a large back catalog of shows over 145 episodes now including uh uh interviews that's plural with uh with mario isola sorry uh he decided to come on twice uh as well as retrospective pieces on tire gates and and senna and every uh you know and podcasts and a, a new watch along as well that we, we're trialing uh for every single race in this thrilling championship um and if you're still stuck with for what to do between shows, I will leave it to my guests uh, to say what they do and where you can find them. So I'll start with you, Louis. Um, so you can find me mostly on um, SportlightPro.com. I do um, some F1 and some football content on there. Um, yeah, that's where most of my um, writing is. And also I'll be hosting the watch-alongs on here. Uh, so if you want to watch them and uh, join us for Mexico qualifying, uh, feel free to. Right, excellent. Uh, uh, and Ray? So you can find me on YouTube uh, at my channel, Everready Motorsport. And uh, yeah, I make videos about, well, pretty much random things, just about F1, uh, usually around lost stars, you know, like, say, for example, Sergei Sorotkin. And occasionally, I do make videos about centering around, you know, Singapore, Singapore, because I'm Singaporean. So around Singapore and motorsport and in general, yeah. Okay, everyone, make sure you go to check that out. And uh, and Tom, where can we find you? I think it's fairly obvious, but uh, <laughs> we'll just... Uh... 
Yeah, well, any YouTube watchers, uh, if you want to see more of uh, me and, and Leo here, who's been annoying me for the last hour, uh, then you can catch us at Monkey See Pod on the socials. We stream uh, shows on YouTube, same as same as Grid Talk. Uh, it's myself and my colleague Carl, a bit more laid back, uh, just uh, two mates having a laugh, chatting about Formula One, some hot takes in there, some uh, some unpopular opinions, and, uh, and come along and just, just uh, interact with us and have fun with us, really. It's a good show. I've I've listened to the uh, to the most recent one because I ju- I just don't like Tom. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't on the last one, so <laughs> maybe, maybe go one before that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all, all excellent. Um, and if you I don't know want to look at Formula One through the uh, through the <laughs> the the uh, the filled lens of the sorry the weird internet lens filter that is uh, there's memes. Uh, just go on sportlightpro.com and you can see my uh, sort of meme reviews of most races. Uh, it's a little bit difficult sometimes just with the timing and things like that. And obviously, you know, everyone's got work, so uh, so you know, I've not been uh, on it as much as I should have done. But uh, but yeah, just have a take a look at those if you want to. That's sportlightpro.com. Um, if while you're on the internet though, if you're doing that, uh, you can check out our subreddit for F1 Grid Talk uh, to give us suggestions for what we, can, what we can do to improve the show, and perhaps subscribe to our Patreon for mics, lights, better recording equipment for our presenters. So maybe I can get rid of this sort of pile of stuff in the background, or at least hide it. Um, we will be back next Saturday uh, to give our uh, analysis and reaction to the Mexico City Grand Prix qualifying, um, and I hope to see you all then. Uh, thank you for listening slash watching and uh, and goodbye.